everyone. Hello, all. Welcome to another edition of Nerds That Speak, hosted on Nerds That Geek. I like the rhymes. Deal with it. Um, it's been a while since we chatted last. Last time was about cons, but I am joined once again by a dynamic duo of fine, fine podcasting gents in the Baron of B movies, and apparently also an art whore, as now is coined there. So these titles yes. are getting longer. And Scott Edwards, how are you doing, Scott? Hey, I'm here. I'm awake. I'm alive. I think that's about it. That's those are all actually very big pluses. Yeah, sleeping on a podcast is bad. And having to call the cops because I got a dead podcaster <laughs> means a lot of questions answered and a new couch. So I'm glad that you're alive and kicking. But then you can have the cops on the podcast too. Think mm, about that. Cops don't like to be on podcasts. Yeah, I don't even like doing that. Oh, right they now. don't. No, oh, I've tried. Too. Yeah, and we've also joined, of course, by the three hundred ninja, Mister Josh Hawks, for another round of, of podcasting goodness. I am over here once again. Thank yes, you for he's me. in his magic spot. We've got a chair for him and everything. I think of the three or four podcasts we've done, I've sat in this exact same spot for each one. Probably, yes. Well, I, I, I know you've so. been in the same chair. Maybe not exactly the same spot. Well, maybe not the exact same spot, but definitely the same chair, same yeah. vicinity of, of the uh, Nerds at Geek studio. We like to keep things very um, uniform like that. What can I say? That's why we use the same chair. But next time, let's give him another chair and just, just fuck with his head. Yeah. Blow like, his what are you doing with his you know, like same chair, bro? I, I, think, I think we should all be like Twitch guys and have gaming chairs that we have to sit on. Um. No. No. Because <laughs> we're not going to talk about gaming on the podcast, maybe not right now. But today we're going to talk about indie movies because we love indie movies. And Scotty brought it up last month briefly that he's been on a tear of that, and we've been getting all kinds of goodies coming into our our wealth all of a sudden. Indie film, and it just seems like a good time to talk about it. Maybe we'll do a gaming podcast someday and get some gaming chairs just to make Josh happy. Mm. Yeah, we can well, sit in one. So we have to figure out what game Josh plays on Twitch, though. Yeah, what do you play before we start on the big stuff? Well, I haven't. I, I actually, I just did my very first first Twitch broadcast last week, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, and I just did a podcast actually. We, on we, Twitch. On on Twitch. Okay. So we we uh, webcammed over Skype, and okay. I just I just brought in my Skype screen mm-hmm. and my webcam screen, and then like the picture of the pod. Um. So like a three panel picture and we just we just chatted you know on screen basically uh but if i were to uh play a game on twitch uh i recently obtained the super nintendo classic so if i could figure out a way to hook my tv up to the computer and do it that way i probably would um or probably doable uh if it was gonna have to be a computer game i don't do a lot of pc gaming but uh, i do have gold rush the video game yes gold rush the game after the TV show, Gold okay. Rush. I like think about that show. for a second. That's Where you, you mine gold, you just dig dirt back there. And all you do is dig dirt. <laughs> and then eventually gold shows and then up. You, yeah, doesn't. then you, you sift out the dirt to find gold. Um, or an oh, air traffic control. Jeez. Uh, air traffic controlling <laughs> game that I have. Which okay. I didn't think would be fun, but it's actually kind of fun to call out directions of planes and tell them where to land. Is it as stressful as the real life job? I mean, it is for me because I'm not very good at multitasking. Other difficulty levels, like so. Do you just watch like two planes start going towards so each other, like an airplane apocalypse? I have, like, I have, coming I have air collisions all the time, <laughs> all the time. That's why I am a podcaster and not an air traffic controller in huh. real life. So it just yeah. indulges the sick part of all of us. Okay, we'll talk about that game later because now I want to play it. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> just to see because I'm I'm the guy that bought Sim City and was like, nah, I built this beautiful city and here's a tornado. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, well, floods, yep. like all the disasters just coming down at once. Godzilla. It's the end of the world. Here we go. I always liked it when Godzilla. Showed. Godzilla was good. The yes. alien attacks were good. So they got a game where I could just literally just 
whatever goes, goes in the airports. There we go. Um, yeah, we went off the rails early this time. That's amazing. <laughs> no, <laughs> now we're talking about digital death. That's amazing. Yeah, I can't wait to kill. Same guy. It's not a podcast if you don't go off the rails. That's true. It really isn't at this point. Yeah. Six or seven times. Yeah, exactly. But indie film is going to be our focus today. And I guess now we have to do a gaming episode some month down the line because there's a lot of good stuff to play. Friday the 13th, the game. Right but, um, yep, those ones coming up. So we'll do that another month. But in the here and the now, um, God, indie film is like, I feel like it's making a resurgence and I, I don't think I paid attention to its sudden return Why to not? prominence. Um, probably because I watch a lot the Baron of TV. Of movies. Yeah, for one, I'm not. You guys, well, are not tell. all indie films are B movies. I mean, like the Big Fat Greek Wedding was an indie movie that came out and made a hundred billion dollars. That did make a shit ton of money and gave Windex a lot of. Oh God! A yes. lot of uh, everybody loves Windex after that movie. I like to drink a cup daily to yeah. improve my health. I mean, it, clean out the Tide Pod. Flavor, um, you know, actually, uh, I prefer to have a Tide Pod, <laughs> and then I like to have a finish mint, just to kind of clear the palate, and then you just wash it down with a beautiful glass of Windex, and you just start your day really perky. A little bloody, but perky. <laughs> Kids listening at home, don't do that. Yeah, don't eat Tide Pods. Seriously, that's not cool. Like, don't. That's <laughs> snort, snort condoms. It's a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, internet trends. Peppermint. Um, <laughs> but I, I watched a lot of TV, so I don't. Watch movies like I used to. It's my bad, I guess. No, but, but the TV shows, a couple of them that you do, are in that indie realm. Yeah, they're getting there. I mean, I think even some of the mainstream ones I watch are kind of indie in their own. Like, as much as people want to say that The Walking Dead is a mainstream show, it's on AMC. And AMC is not what you consider to be a big four network, even though they do some really damn good TV. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for more Better Call Saul. But, but it seems like all of a sudden, yeah, I don't know, I, I'm seeing just more talk about indie. And maybe... Maybe I did notice it. I kind of want to attribute maybe last year some of the stuff that came out last year. Like Get Out was a borderline indie. I mean, I think Universal backed it, but Universal tends to back off-the-cuff stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're the same guys that gave George Romero a boatload of money to make Land of the Dead. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised on that. But maybe that's where it kind of started. But it seems like the last year, all of a sudden, indie is just in your face. And it's great. That's for sure. Because you found a couple gems in the past few months. Like the Night Watchman, <laughs> which is just magnificent. Yes, best fan vampire slash clown slash comedy movie I've, I think I've seen in years. Actually, yeah, because I cannot stand vampire movies <clears throat> to save my life. There's like three that I'll watch, and well, that's one of them and, now. You know, the vampire genre really has gone through a lot because they were having a great resurgence. And then Daybreakers came out, and Daybreakers was good. And then something happened, um, sparkling vampires. Oh, we're talking about Twilight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, here's a nice piece of shit. And and that's basically what killed that genre. And then I kind of stumbled across this when I was looking for uh, an actress that I like to follow named Tiffany Sheffis, who will be in a new movie coming out a little bit later on this year from the same production studio. Um, I should plug all of that. Yes, please do. They need love. And, uh, yeah, she was in the movie for a couple minutes, and... Ah, uh, Stacy. <laughs> Poor Stacy. Then she became an awesome vampire that almost changed the entire vampire genre again. Yeah, you didn't... Ah, that spoils. We can't talk about <clears throat> yeah. that. Yeah, but just go <laughs> well, see it. Go I'll see write it. about it in the review. It's on Amazon Prime. Watch the night. Watch her. Great indie film, and uh, god damn, love it. Yeah, that one is a, that is a true gem through and through. That was <clears throat> one that I had way more fun with. Than I thought I would, that's for certain. But it speaks to the fact that, obviously, it's a weird era of the film right now. Because if you're a big studio, you're either bringing out remakes or your characters wear capes. Um, 
And that's unfortunate because it, it slowed some things down. I mean, Super Troopers 2 had to be crowdfunded because they didn't have a tentpole or established structure that would make all kinds of money, even though it's Super Troopers we're talking about right. here. Right, but do you think that part of, that, part of the reason the, the funding was so bad is because it's hard to capture lightning twice? Um, it's not. It's not. When, when you're looking at a casting crew that'll cost you $5 million, Versus a cast and crew that'll cost you fifty million for the Hangover series, which one would be a better series? Which is ironic, considering that the Hangover cast and crew cost you very little to begin with. Yep. And here we are dropping, you know, giant checks in the and back of the big truck to do you know, the third movie, yep. um, which is weird. I don't. I think I don't think it's a matter of lightning being struck in a bottle twice. I think it's a matter of let's call it what it is. Studios like to make money, and they make a sure. lot of money. I mean, you look at Marvel. And the ungodly amounts of money that the Avengers franchise makes and every MCU thing that comes out and Disney makes money. Um, and it's hard, I think, for studio executives. Actually, I, I, it's been said before. There's a great documentary there called Tales from the Script. And I think it's on Amazon Prime now. If it's still up there, hopefully it is. Um, where a lot of writers and directors talk about their experiences in, in making film. And Frank Darabont points out some of that. And actually, several people pointed out um, you know, that you're essentially being asked, just give me, give me $5 million, please. Just give me $5 million. Basically, you just walk into an office and say, give me $5 million. And someone's got to say yes or no to that. And that could cost them their job, and that could cost them their livelihood. And I get that. As opposed to, you know, so if I say give me $5 million for a, a drama that's coming of age set in some podunk town, you might be hesitant. Or I walk in and say, I got you Superman, brand new script, give me, give me $120 million. Okay. Because your box office take on that. Even when, you know, movies like Justice League don't do as much as they hope they did, they still make $300 million. It's kind of hard to pass up. So I get it. But it just seems like there's suddenly a... Uh, and maybe it's good. Like there's a craving for indie all of a sudden. And there's, like a, there's just like an energy right in indie right now. Which is not a bad thing. No. To say the least. Well, I mean, I think things are kind of cyclical. Cyclical. Yes. And and people get tired. I mean, the, the, the busting point for superhero movies is coming if it's not already gotten here. Yeah, I really think once we get past um, the final Avengers film, things are going to change. I think that's... It. I don't know how you're going to top top that. Right. I really don't. I mean, and, and if all things are supposed to happen and everybody dies, the replacement... Spoilers. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> oh, no, spoilers. You know, is, is Bucky going to be as cool as Captain America, as Chris Evans is as Captain America? Are people going to buy it as much? Or, or Falcon turns into Captain America? Are people going to stick around? <clears throat> I would hope so because they both they both done a great job. But I see your point. If, star if they, power. If they bring in um, 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 current Iron Woman girl, Iron Man, the um, the teenage girl that's portraying Iron Man right now, let's let's say they go that direction. Are people yeah. going to jump on board? Or are they going to run away from it? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, that's what I'm saying. The breaking point is coming, or they're going to have to do something. Hopefully, not jump the mechanical shark. Yeah, I mean that's not, not a bad thing. I mean, because let's be honest, there are some great stories out there. We, we were talking about the, the most recent Transformers movie before we hit record this time around. This is true. Well, let's not, talk about it now. Bring it on. Not not, not an indie movie. By no, movie. not an indie, oh, no. but it does speak to the issues with studio films at the moment. I twenty minutes into that movie, I said, "What the fuck is this?" And turn it off. Like, what what is Merlin the Magician doing in a Transformers movie? Being more than meets the eye. Mm. No points awarded on that one. Um, <laughs> but it had to be said. <laughs> I, just, I, I just don't understand. And I, I, I think 
maybe if an indie studio took on Transformers, since we're on that one right now, maybe, maybe it would be a better movie. Well, the kids' movie did. <clears throat> Transformers, the movie was the shit, man. There's all there yeah. to it. The animated flick? Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, that was great, because it hit on a... It, it was a commercial to sell the toys, which was what it always was. And I did buy Galvatron, they, that is true. That's <laughs> where they went wrong, I think, with this movie. Not, it's not... Toys, toys don't mean anything to kids anymore. Right? The, That's true. Everything's internet, websites, and that, games. You know, it's, it's all about collectors. Dan Fogelberg and Pac-Man video games. Yeah, those kids. You know, and, and they're, they're Zima. <laughs> Zima is not delicious, but <laughs> I almost said it, but I couldn't do it. Um, it's just, it, that and changing the way the robots look. If yeah, they, exactly. If they had kept it more like the 80s, like the toys, like what we all grew up with, yeah, I think the movies would do better. But Well, they did well, don't get me wrong, because they made another, I mean, pretty much I think Michael Bay could own five islands at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And still have money left over to buy a sixth. Sure, but his movies suck. But Not explosions. Keep going, and that's the problem. And you just summed it up very well there. That's the big problem. Is people keep you're in my twelve fifty. <laughs> I mean, 14. I guess that's true. I mean, what's 3D. his name? Yui Ball. <laughs> we don't hear much from him anymore. I think he finally retired from directing, which is not a bad thing. I mean, but at least like when people talk shit about his movies, he punched them in the face. Yeah, but they were right. They're not. They're not good, <laughs> right? But at least he, you know, he's at least stood up for himself. I guess. I, I, I don't know. I, I do like the the old adage of Kevin Smith saying, "You know, if you want to go make a movie, fuck it, go do it." Mm-hmm. And I what think more wanna... people need to say, "Fuck it," and go do things. Well, there's a there's a we, there's a post chopper that is what we kind of talked about last month as well with how wonderful uh, how he just doesn't care makes things happen by magic. So. Um, if there's a poster child for indie film and, and the ability to go do it yourself, which I guess that's why I find it intriguing that perhaps indie film didn't have a sooner resurgence because you would think with the internet that the opportunity would have been here to make far better films. But a lot of the stuff that I've seen on the internet is, and we go back to the discussion of the necessity of a filter with the internet. Um, there's a lot of not good indie stuff that pops up on the YouTube and Vimeo and mm-hmm. sites well, like that. I mean, but we all have the attention span of a nap. So I'll give you that. You can't you, indie film? Maybe, maybe use English. Josh. Indie people are doing little tiny five minute videos, which is fine as well. Yeah, it's oh, great. Yeah, he's but, found but, cool. But, yeah. You found some goodies. You know, but like I, I think that's where a lot of creators are going now. It's just little quick tidbits of things, and then maybe release those later as a, as a whole collection or something. But creativity seems to be more. It is more on the internet now, but. It is, but I mean, I guess at this point, I mean, since there's one man that's really on the pulse of it at this point in time, because, mm-hmm. man, you've seen it all. What are you, what are you seeing? What do you find out there that's indie-wise that's so, it's giving it its resurgence. It's so nice. Um, I really think it has to do with actually telling a story. That's something that's been lost on a lot of these big studio films. I, to Josh's point with the new Transformers, why the hell would we care about the Transformers in medieval time with Merlin the Magician Doing stupid stuff. I, it makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, it, it makes no sense even going back to the eighties. Transformers. There was never any, you know, Merlin the Magician Transformers no. or Dark Ages Transformers. No, uh, and That's, you know, if you want to talk about superheroes in the eighties, it was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles back then. Yeah, and they they were they were they were fun teenage. They were teenagers. That were they traveled through time. They weren't CGI. They weren't. Yeah. They didn't have freaky noses. 
Oh god, the nose thing. Yeah. <laughs> and now everything's you know CGI. There's absolutely no storytelling in them what's in the movies whatsoever. It seems like everybody's trying to crack each other up. The last one where they're in the shadows. Well, there's a lot of fan service in <laughs> movies, which is great for some things. Sometimes superhero movies should be full of fan service, but yeah. should should horror franchise have fan service in it? I think know. it depends on the franchise. It, it really does. Like Leprechaun, sure. Yeah. Because that's better. Camp. Yes, that better. Right? Right? Isn't it? If he's not making those fourth wall looks at the camera, then you've wasted my time. That's all there is to it. <laughs> but, like, not being a huge horror fan, you know, I'm just beginning out of school. So what do I know? No, you're correct, actually. You're, you're right there. I mean, if you want to talk about perfect fan service from an indie franchise, you're going to be talking about the Hatchet series. Which uh, yeah. just came out with their fourth one, Victor Crawley. Which is basically Friday the 13th with a hatchet. I mean, the, like sort of, when, yeah. when I see it, it pays total homage to early Jason flicks. Mm-hmm. That's the feeling that I get from it. No, I, I can see that. But I, you don't have a lot of franchises or a lot of movies that can actually build into that kind of franchise. I didn't know they were on their fourth one. That's actually pretty cool. Isn't that cool? <clears throat> Barry movie right here. Yeah. I follow some people on the Twitterverse. And I find stuff out. It would be cool like when Rubber makes three sequels. Oh. Because then God. it could just be a car. <laughs> well, I mean, that's part of the problem is that a lot of times Indy's always been associated with horror films. Because, I mean, again, outside, really outside of Universal, I don't know of many of the, like, I don't know of many studios that are like, great, here comes the next, the next big thing. Um, I'm not going to see a Jason film from a major studio again anytime soon, I think. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. That, that, that's what's funny. Those, those get messy because you go back to Elm Street and Friday the 13th, which were... Uh, they weren't necessarily indie. I mean, New Line probably more so, but Freddy built New Line. Paramount did have Friday the 13th, but even then it was still on an indie-style budget and indie-style design. Um, and then, of course, they sold it off. That's how we got Freddy versus Jason. But, I mean, there's been some, I guess... F-13's one that could qualify, but for the most part, you don't see any big studio. Like, I'd love to see 20th Century Fox release a horror film, but they're not gonna. I'd like to see another film like Kung Pao. Enter the Fisk? Yeah, or a sequel to it, for that matter. But, I mean... Yeah. We are so we have part that, two, yeah. that, what, Does that qualify as an indie movie? The way it was shot, yes. Well, hang on, let me see you. <clears throat> indie Talk Studios as to who released who, so... <laughs> well, and it, it's not all, always about what studio releases it. Because a lot of these movies, for instance, The Witch, was not done by Universal. Universal. It was released on many screens by them. However, it was put in a $5 million budget. Movie was shot. Universal scooped it up and released it on mass market because it was a good PG-13 attempt at a horror movie. What, what, then what does qualify something? I should say, we need to probably define them what, what, what constitutes what an indie film. What qualifies an indie film? Is it a it, budgetary thing? Or yes. is it a... a it's a budget. You have to make a movie. Well, there shouldn't be a set dollar amount. Right, it. right. Because from what I'm hearing about the uh, A Quiet Place coming out right now, is it has a $17 million budget. It's going to blow that out of the water in one weekend, make back three times its, three times of how much it costs. It won the box office that weekend. So <clears throat> yes. There you have it. But, uh, <clears throat> I mean, you're not spending the money on, you know, 300 extras and craft services and all that kind of stuff. You're spending the money on a couple monsters, 
your three main characters and your sets. Yeah, and all the fake blood. And, yes, fake blood. But fake blood around. doesn't really cost that much. When, when I'm talking about like a movie like The Night Watchmen, almost everything in that movie is a practical, practical effect. For some instances, that's cheaper. For others, like putting a hole in somebody's head, it's a little bit more difficult. But, you know, you're doing that for $2 million versus $80 million that it costs to do uh, Tom Cruise's The Mummy. Which one's going to get a better result? The indie. I mean, maybe maybe dollar for dollar indie, but more people are probably going to see a Tom Cruise play. Well, of course they are. Well, because it's released on the multi screens from Universal. Well, technically, nobody saw that one. That's why. I'm <laughs> <laughs> In this case, I say no because that, uh, I'm pretty sure more saw the night Watchmen. Yeah, but but that also brings up a new point too. I think that's part mm-hmm. of Indie's resurgence. Is you know what streaming is is truly king now. Um, I, I don't think it really took over till late last year. I mean, I know it's been out for a while. Don't get me wrong, but it seems like right now. Streaming's where it's at because, granted, there's so many out there to begin with as it is. But mm-hmm. um, and I know you're you're not a fan of, of Netflix in the slightest, and that's fine. But well, they're still bringing out those indies. I didn't say I didn't like Netflix because of that. Well, still, you're not because they keep you don't like the Adam, color red. No, it's because they keep putting out stupid Adam Sandler movies, and I'm just so freaking. Tired. Well, it's because he signed like a six movie contract. Oh my god, a new one, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, too much. That's fair. I mean, that's, that's fair, but, you know, I mean, but then on the flip side, you know, they have other things. I can't, I'm totally drawing a blank on any of their other stuff. Well, I mean, we, we, I mean, talk about it last year, was, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the benefits of Netflix were it's TV, it's TV's business is sound, like the stuff they crank out, Santa Clarita Diet, Stranger Things, I mean, all those original shows, they, they've been amazing. Um, but their movie choices have been very dubious. Mm-hmm. Um, like I am the thing that is boring. I forget the title now. <laughs> I am the thing that lives in this house, and I'm really boring because uh, all this movie's going to entail is staring around the corner for, for two and a half hours. Um, that kind of shit is what they don't need to be buying at all. But they mm-hmm. they happily fork over a check for the most. That's the kind of stuff that shouldn't be seen. But by virtue of that, though, that piece of garbage isn't any film. It's just a really boring any film. Um, but Amazon's got Night Watchmen. There's a great example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of people plug more. Hey, go iTunes and rent our movie. Go to this and rent our movie. Um, so maybe that's what. Maybe this is where the internet is going to benefit. Is that now that we're slogging through some of the indie goo, mm-hmm. we're getting that cream in the crop now. Well, and there's also uh, with the current release of the Death House movie, which was a. Uh, if you haven't heard about this, uh, they talked about it at the last Mile High Horror Film Festival. It rings a bell. When Gunnar Hansen was there, it's that comp- uh, the combination of all of the best horror actors that you can get together and just make a balls-to-the-wall movie. Yeah. So, But this movie is not being released in every city, every theater. It's being, or they're putting uh, fan pages together for different cities, get 200 people saying, yes, I will go see this movie. Here is your theater. Here's your night. You might get one or two plays. Moves on to the next city. That's pretty old school right there. Which is not a bad thing, right? No, not bad at all. I'm going to it's making sure that the horror fans that want it in their area are going to get it in their area versus, you know, playing a movie for three people in a theater. I mean, it is pretty cool when you're in a theater with only three or four people. But <clears throat> at the uh, same time. Actually, I got to see the very last showing of Diary of the Dead at the Sci Film Center. Mm-hmm. It was just me. 
<laughs> like I walked up and I'm like, one for diary, please. And then the guy radios, we're going to have somebody in there after all. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> sit down. Jeez. It's just me. I'm like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> I, I thought I was going to see The Last Jedi by myself. I thought I was in the theater by myself. Mm-hmm. Didn't hear anybody. And I'm sitting there like taking selfies and acting a fool and everything. <laughs> and some, some people finally come in and there were people in the balcony above me, apparently. Yeah, I'm taking pictures of you. Yep. Look at this doof down here. So, so these guys come in. They said, "Anybody in here?" And I said, "No, just us nerds." And then I hear somebody above me in the balcony start laughing, and I went, "Oh my god! I've been sitting down here acting a fool, <laughs> throwing my feet up on the couch or the, the chairs, and I don't even care selfies about that. like I a think teenage girl etiquette to put your feet up when there's no one in the theater. I'm just saying. But that's hilarious, though. God, I I want to hope you didn't. Hopefully, you were able to hashtag that one with no filter. So. Oh, yeah, it was natural and beautiful. But it wasn't an indie film, so we're moving on. That's fair. Star so, Wars is definitely not an indie film. Though some fans will disown Last Jedi, so there's that. Um, Maybe the I first Star Wars is an indie film before Fox grabbed it. But you can probably cite it as that, honestly. Yeah, when you think about the fact that I mean, they didn't really, the marketing for that was weird. If you've ever seen the original trailer for that, mm-hmm. damn, it's weird. Oh, yeah. I mean, and then, but then, you know, I mean, talk about making money hand over fist, so. Mm Motion Yep, and all the toys that we all own, that's for sure. I still have the Ewok Village. Imagine yeah, that. the Star Wars oh. toys is a whole other episode. That actually yeah. is, yeah. We'll have to do that another, another day, that's for certain. But, um... Those aren't indie either. But why then do you think these... Because, I mean, really, indie, I mean, indie hasn't ever gone away. I mean, it's... It's always been around. It's always... I mean, really established self with, really with horror in the, probably the 60s and 70s. Um, but why trauma? Do you, is trauma indie? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. But there's one you can't even dispute. There's nobody that funds them those with themselves. Are, those are fun flicks. Uh, maybe maybe part of it... Okay, I got, I got some weird looks over there when I said that, so maybe not. But, no, you're good. Oh, okay. Um, but what I think I think part of the indie movies anyway that I've seen, it seems that people, they just have more fun. I will definitely give you that. Maybe there's a, there's a big spoonful of camp. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Well, it doesn't even have to just be camp. You have to be able to tell that the actors and everybody on the crew is actually enjoying making the movie. Right. If you can't like see that. I mean, what, what's the point? Well, that's exactly it. I mean, I mean, I think if there's anybody that can speak to that part. It's the late George Romero himself, because there's a guy that fought studio interference and fought working for them for as long as his career, his illustrious career went along. And the handful that he did do, he did a few. And like I said, I don't, I don't want to, it's another tough one to count, but you count Land of the Dead and they're not since they gave him so much money, but they also gave him a lot of freedom. And that's been, that was always his complaint was the interference level that comes with this is that, you know, and it's true. I mean, you got a lot of producers that are breathing down your neck and there's a lot of hands that go into the pie of making a movie. You know, sometimes somebody's cousin's like, hey, we should have a sassy cat in this movie. And then they probably get shot down, but sometimes it happens. Um, and that's and the, sometimes some, you get giant spiders. Yeah, now you do. Imagine that. Or some producers actually straight up want a giant spider in the movie, and Wild Wild West happens. Um, yes, that's a reference. Kevin Smith, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, for those who've never heard Kevin Smith's diatribe on Superman Returns and the script he wrote for that, and the producer interference came with it, seek that sucker out and watch it as soon as you can, because it is amazing. Um, but, I mean, that's, that was always the problem. Yeah, someone's got to have a, a, something to say about it, and the budget tire time frame you're on, and I think that is where indies come different because you I mean you're still going to have a producer someone's still got to pony up the dough mm-hmm. but i think it's obvious in some of those films especially like we're going to keep referencing night watch because it's fresh of mind right now um there's a great example you could tell everybody was having some fun yeah and then it was a loose set and then everybody had you know it obviously wasn't going to be this you know 
if we're not going to... We're going to get shut down tomorrow for over budget because we you know, took five minutes to get a better take that was more hilarious. Mm-hmm. Caddyshack. That was indie, wasn't it? I don't... You know, to a certain extent. Or is it just... I'm thinking it's indie just because it was filmed and everybody was... Well, but you know, but you're, you're actually right, though, because, I mean, it's, it's, it's early 80s. Chevy Chase was was still a star, but you had Harold Ramis, who wasn't really a big-time director yet. Um, but it had to have been in a certain way, just because it didn't feel like... Traditional, and they got away with a lot of stuff that you couldn't do now. So, to a certain extent, I think you could. I mean, it's hard. That's the aspect of hard. Some of those, some of that's. I mean, that came from Warner Brothers. That would technically qualify as a studio flick. But I'm pretty sure that's another one that didn't get a lot of. I'm sure it didn't like all oh, studio yeah, backing. Two thousand screens. Let's go. You know, let's let's get this thing everything everywhere. And mm-hmm. I, I guarantee it didn't. So you could probably count it to a certain degree on that. That's for like, sure. I, I think the only indie films I've seen in a theater, and one. Is arguable, I guess. I don't know if you film is more of a docu- documentary. Is uh, Bowling for Columbine? Yeah, I mean you could count that. I mean that's that, that's when I had to, you had to get the money for that and that secure distributor. So I'd say um, that qualifies. And then the uh, uh, Virgin Suicides. I remember that one. I had to think about that one for a second. Uh, you know that one. That was a hard. That was a hard watch. But saw in any house as well. So I mean, I don't know. That I got the full experience on that one. Yeah. You know, like the house had like, you know, maybe 50 seats in it mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where you're seeing some of that stuff come through. Is there's a lot more theater-changing experience popping up, too, that's also, I think, helping with some of this indie stuff. Because, you, like you said, here's the theater you're going to go to. So, you know, they picked something that wasn't going to be a 24-theater multiplex. They're picking the little tiny place. And there's even some fight going on for that, too, actually, which is, I don't related to it, I think, to a certain extent, a lot of... A lot of theaters in old Hollywood that are supposed to be being shut down. People are buying them or working to crowdfund and save them so they can keep playing smaller stuff because it's just these little one-screen tiny places that are, you know, showing whatever. I mean, we got a few out here. I mean, I, I, would, I would venture to say that I know the Alamo is getting to be a bigger chain. I would still venture them to be a chain that supports independent film. Which they do. Since, since they do so much of those little movies that yeah. you see instead. Um, I mean, you can go and enjoy, you know, Guardians 2, but you can also go in there and see, you know. Dead Heat. Dead Heat. Yes. They do that actually, but they might. No, they did around October. Oh, see, there you go. I missed it. Really? Yeah. How we missed that? Damn it. Okay. Oh, that's something I'll have to look for. It was one of those midnight showings of... Oh, I'm sorry that I missed that, actually, because that would have been awesome. That would be magical. I mean, you sent me Wolf Wolf Cop 2, but you don't see Dead Heat. I try to see what I can, man. Like, I mean, I made it to the Back (laughs) in the Future movie party. That was freaking epic. Um... I've seen it. I saw it follows for their dinner one there, mm-hmm. and it, it, I mean it follows well. Whether I, well, it has soured on me is still an indie that got a lot of love from that tour. Mm-hmm. That was also the best damn ham sandwich I've ever had in my entire life. That's they my do. RPG players thing. Well, they do. They they'll yeah, do sometimes the, the dinner and beer combo. And this was like a super package. You got dinner, you got the beer, you got to meet the director, um, and then do the movie. And they try to theme the food around the movie. And the only food you'll find in it follows is a ham sandwich and chips. But they didn't fuck around. Like, it was this beautifully curated ham, probably imported from, like, Hamville. Um, a sourdough bread. <laughs> the best hams from John Mustard. Um, and then homemade chips. And I was like, this is a, that was the best ham sandwich I ever had. And then a crap load of beers. But that's the respect that they give any film. I mean, they've also done, I mean, I saw Sleepaway Camp there when they did that. And obviously, I missed Dead Heat. Damn it. Next. I'm mad about that. I'm mad about you. Um, you know, with all these remakes show. that are coming out, can I, can I get one final season of Alf or like an Alf movie where he finally eats the cat well you got that two hour crap season finale <laughs> we do not talk about that two hour season crap 
made for TV years after <laughs> the series went off the air. Uh, diet, uh, just disastrous. Thing. Well, there are some that say that about Chips 99, but I own it. Well, yes, but I just want to know, <laughs> what happened to Alf? That's all I want to know. He went back to Mel Mac and had a very nice cat lunch. I don't know. I just, can I just, can I have that? No, but you're right, though. That, that's but of all the ones some, that you write. Some indie, maybe I'll have to be the one that does it, but, you know, an indie flick or an indie presentation of Alf. That would be Ooh, now you can do the greedy reboot of Alf. Yeah. Well, I mean, you put him in new family and Give him new teeth and a tentacle, yeah. Multiple tentacles. Yes. So you can properly capture the cats. <laughs> yes. So you can properly capture the cats. <laughs> yes. That's how he eats them. Did you not see the mist? Those tentacles had teeth. Mm. That's what's up. It's kind of like the fog. There's a good like, indie one. It's a yeah. fog's little brother. Yeah, the mist would have been qualifies as an indie one. That's actually one that, speaking of back to that Tales from the Script piece, there's a great, great... Um, story from Frank Darabont and the funding aspect of that. And speaking of a lack of creativity, um, where he tells a story of how he was jiving with the, with the financier, everything's good, and they both agreed, eh, you know, the ending of this movie, or the ending of the book, not so good, can you do something different? I absolutely want to do something different. Cool. What do you got? Like, do you want to know right now? Like, yeah, you give me new ending right now, I'll cut you a check for $30 million. Obviously at that point in time, didn't have it, because he was trying to find financing first to get time to write the script, but and he, God, what he came up with was uh, fucking brilliant, but just again, speaks to that part of you know. Sometimes it's a it's a weird business when people expect you to have all the ideas ready to go. And, but I'm glad he did because uh, yeah, it worked out in the end beautifully. And sometimes you get giant spiders. Um, <laughs> you do, you do, and a really catchy theme song in the Wild Wild West. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, whatever happened to Cisco? Anybody ever asked that? Uh, the no. operating system? No, the singer. Oh, Shinehead. Shinehead? No, his name is Cisco. Yeah, he had he platinum the thong song. He had platinum yeah, thong. Yeah, he had yeah. platinum shiny hair. Okay. Yeah, shiny hair. Whatever uh, happened to him? He sniffed a thong and it went wrong. <laughs> Rhymed like the song. Look at that. Oh, look at that. that yeah, thong, it, thong, thong, thong. And then people went, well, you shouldn't be doing that to thong. I think the last time I heard anything about Cisco outside of this podcast was Undercover Brother with that beautiful clean-up version of the song. Okay. When it got spicy. Maybe that's what happened. He's like, I'm out. Good stuff, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> No, I got I got nothing for you on, on the Cisco thing. Yeah, okay. I mean, we probably need to look that up though. Like, I hope he's okay. Yeah, like, I hope he's worry about him. That was like part of our childhood. Hanging out in some heroin oh. hut somewhere. Older childhoods. I don't. That's like, really fucking dark. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that where most people go when you don't see them for a long time? Like, not immediate, necessarily. I haven't seen you in a few months. You've been doing heroin. Out in some <laughs> like, that doesn't mean they're doing heroin. It doesn't mean they're in the heroin hut. <laughs> oh, we got something to share with the group now, or? No. What you been up to, bro? <laughs> I, everybody here Josh, from me all the time. here for you. Yeah, it's okay, dude. I mean, the opioid addiction is a very serious problem right now in America. We need to help it you. It is, yeah. It is. Anybody that needs help, let us know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm also straight up looking up Cisco right now because now I've got to know. I, I'm vamping is like, what I'm doing. At this point, we, we need <laughs> well, to know what happened to him. Happening. Let's um, see. I yeah, mean, but, Vanilla Ice was building houses. Uh, yeah, sometimes in Amish places, sometimes for uh, just regular folk. Uh, well, you know, quote, Vanilla Brothers, his houses were nice, nice, baby. Ah, uh, Vanilla Ice yeah. is the yeah. uh, greatest rapper of our time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny in the movie. You laughed hard when you saw the sign in the movie, but now it's not funny? <laughs> you did. Silence. No, yeah, yeah. Wow. Vanilla Ice really is serious. the greatest rapper of our time because he made a song 25 years ago and he's still getting paid for it. Yeah, as well he should be. He made three albums, but he only did one song. He had three albums? I think total, yeah. Wow. 
I only had that one. Let's see. As of late, so in 2016, Cisco provided a rap counterpoint in a duet with country music singer Marie Osmond in her song Give Me a Good Song, which was featured. Like the, in, like the Osmonds? Yeah. Like Osmond? So he, he duetted with her. Um, he sang a remake of his own song produced by JCY. He now resides in Maple Grove, Minnesota, a suburb of Minneapolis, with his girlfriend. They both appeared in an episode of Wife Swap. What if that's one with Gilbert Gottfried? <laughs> you showed up on there. Um, <laughs> Wait. Is, is, is Wife Swap a show about swingers? No, they literally... They, they, swap, they just wives swap wives. And they live for like the two alternate weeks. life. They live with the other person's do? wife. Only they just do it well, together? Swingers usually okay, just I have, have one big room and, you know, it's your crazy college orgy. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. I actually have watched this show, unfortunately, because Celebrity Watch came on and they had one of the um, one of the Jacksons on this thing. So literally, two families get picked. The wives move into that house for like two weeks. The first week, they have to live the life of the other wife. So if, and it's weird because they get houses like where the husband literally comes home and just puts his feet up and expects to be pampered for the next three hours. And that's what they have to do for that first week. And then they get to rewrite the rules in the second week and do things their way. And that's where the shenanigans ensue. Because usually somebody freaks the fuck out because they don't like being told no. And it's great. Mm. I like my idea of the show better, I think. Oh, well, then <laughs> now's your chance to make one. So. It's called Swingers. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, it's just, they, yeah. Didn't they make a movie called that? They did. An indie movie called yeah, Swingers? They did. Actually, they did. It launched the careers of a great many people. Look at the See, mm-hmm. we might, I might go off the rails, but I can bring it back. That was good. That's good. <laughs> I can bring it back. Smooth. I'm reaching for it, but I can bring it back. Oh, Cisco also has a daughter. You're so money, it hurts, man. So that's mm. good. <laughs> I got nothing for that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that went off the rails real nicely. Wait, that one was from Made. What was Swingers? Vegas Baby? You're Vegas? So Money, I believe, was that one. No, I thought that was Made. Was it? I don't know. We haven't watched these in forever. Uh, yeah, that was cool. during that, like, wannabe early aughts Brat Pack with those guys. Because <laughs> then you had, um, it's like the same time frame that Boiler Room came out. Oh, Boiler Room. There's a great indie, by the way. Boiler Room. Mm-hmm. That's highly underrated. And another one that lost a lot of guys. That's, that's your early Vin Diesel. Oh, before he was Groot. Mm-hmm, before he was Groot. Before he was, you know, just... I forgot. He was Groot. Drives cars really fast and furiously. Um... What was in that one? The, a buddy of mine actually got to interview him. Yeah, and uh, he demanded that he be interviewed as um, as a furious character, whatever his name that is. might actually be fun. Dom, Dom I think Dom is Dominic I something I, or other. I don't follow the franchise. I don't either. Because, but uh, but he uh, he posted something saying I remember him saying that he wanted to be interviewed in character. That's intriguing. I, I, I didn't for, think Vin Diesel was capable of. of actually acting outside of, you know, action and, and cut. Some folks get that mm-hmm. method stuff. And if we're lucky, the franchise will continue so we can see, like, Fast and the Furious 17, Retirement Home Drift, where they got to steal. <laughs> where, Dom, <laughs> where Dominic's kid is driving the same charger. If we, oh, well, living 10 seconds. And at that point, if we're in 17, it, but yeah, exactly, you better <laughs> hover, like, Back to the Future 2 style. And that'd be great. And they can have a Mr. Fusion and that pizza hydrator I want, so... I'm back off the rails again, so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad thing, though. <laughs> we about, did we get him? Oh. No, not, okay. not quite. Man, not that, was close. that was close, man. That was close. That was close. No, no breaking. No you know, breaking. We're going to get you yet. It's only matter. Uh, I don't, That's I don't, goal. I don't yeah. know. What would you like to see in an indie film that hasn't yet been touched? I really want to go back to quality character dramas. 
Like, I just recently got my hands on it. It's a movie I watched when I was a kid called Kramer vs. Kramer with Dustin Hoffman and Mel oh, yeah. Those are big-ass names. Don't eat the ice cream. Don't eat it. Yep, exactly. Don't eat it. Yeah. Which, by the way, was an improvised scene I later learned. Oh, really? Um, mm-hmm. But that's the kind of thing. Oh. But that was just like, you don't see enough movies anymore that just drop you into a slice of life. Because it's got, it's got to be very well, formulaic. It's got to be very think, though, spread when, out. When that movie came out, though, like, divorce was at its, like, highest it had ever been in America. But even still... You just don't see that kind of stuff anymore. So that, like, that's what that whole movie kind of... Yeah, it did. I mean, it did a good job, but it's, it's right, you're right in the middle, and you're in the middle of a character study. And, and, and to have... Now, granted, I mean, it's late 70s, so I mean, you, know, you want to try to get actors that are big names in that now. I don't know, but I would hope that you could, because I think that's part of it. the problem, too, in the sentence is the divide is there's just no good, like, true movie stars. Like, you know they're going to walk in and just act their ass off, and you're going to be blown away by anything that they do. Um... That's what Streep can do. I mean, she's one of the few that can, you know, Hoffman himself as well. But even still, I want to see more of that stuff. I want to go back to those more intimate stories that just tell you a story about people. Because that's what film really does. Is it's, it's about characters and it's about people. And, and, and they're either put in strange situations or they're put in tough situations. I've always loved that about storytelling in general when you can do that. Um, I want more of that as time goes on. What about you, Scotty? Just flat-out storytelling. I mean, it, well, it seems I mean, to be lost. Well, because explosions and shaky camera and, mm-hmm. and CGI monsters and monsters giant spiders and giant spiders cover <laughs> <laughs> car uh, drift. You know, th- those are that that's those seems are what grab people's attention now. The thong yeah. song, yeah. But I mean, it the remake. Of it, if you're not telling a story, there's no point to shooting a stinking movie. No, I agree with you. The three act structure has been an art. It's lost in screenwriting. It, it's, come back. it's gone. I mean. I, you can even try to blame Tarantino for that because the way he did Pulp Fiction, you know, I wanted to was something so different, and then everybody tries to emulate. A well, but here's the funny thing: is, is having watched Pulp Fiction, another indie, years later, it actually has a three act structure. He just jumbled it, it yeah. but it actually has a beginning, middle, and an end. Um, and that's the irony of it. Years after that movie came out and it was available on the VHS, yes, kids, I'm that old. We all are. Um, yeah. It's okay. I well, went back to my high school and actually re-edited the film in its proper order. Mm-hmm. Movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is not very good in its proper order. No? It actually Agreed. works that it jumps around. Well, and, and ironically, Tarantino is one of the last good screenwriters. Like, I mean, that first off, his command of dialogue is fascinating. Now, granted, sometimes he could probably scale it back a little bit because um, those those meet, those moments run on for too long. But and and I would actually I would love to see Tarantino try something. Not Tarantino. Like, The Hateful Eight was close. And I actually love The Hateful Eight. But it's funny because it's this Western that has this fascinating dialogue and fascinating characters. And then we get to the big black dingus part and we're back to Tarantino world world because that's the kind of stuff he does. Um, and it worked, don't get me wrong, but I would love to see him try to genuinely do something that was not of that own flair and style to see where it goes. Well, that's like mm-hmm. asking... asking um, M. Night Shyamalan not to have a twist. What a twist! <laughs> <laughs> that's better probably than where I was going to go. Oh, yeah, go, go but, ahead, well, yeah, where are you going to go? Let's hear it. Uh, now that you threw me off, though, um, I, I totally lost it. It's gone. Dead air. Wow. It's gone. Yeah, moving on. Okay. <laughs> but you know, that, that would be good for M. Night to not do that ever again. Uh, I would agree. That's well, and that's what kills me. I like, can't watch any of those oh, movies it'd be like It'd be like uh, Edward Scissorhand movie maker guy making a Tim movie. Burton. Tim, Burton. Tim Burton making a non-Tim Burton film. You're asking a lot. You mean something about Johnny Depp and yeah, Donald Carter? <laughs> yeah, it can't have Winona Ryder or Johnny Depp in it. Please well, see, that's what I that's what I think is unfortunate for film. Like, I think writers can get away with doing any particular genre or style. Now, it, it's probably easier now than it was before because I remember Stephen King had to do Richard Bachman to see if he could do something new that didn't instantly 
tie him to the King world. Um, and it worked. I don't know if filmmakers are comfortable with that either. I mean, some have tried to break out of it, some and some have been successful and some have not, but it's almost like they're afraid to. Like, I yeah. feel like Tim Burton could probably do something very brilliant without being stuck in Porkyville. Well, I, I would hate to disagree with you, but you're kind of wrong. Go on. On that. Indie filmmakers make your different films. So Mitchell Altieri, who did your uh, or The Night Watchman. Yeah. Hardcore horror director, uh, Butcher Brothers. Okay. They did the Hamiltons and a couple other ones I can't remember off the top of my head. These are hardcore movies that were indies back in the time that really pushed the limits. So any of those like After Dark series yeah. that you remember used to come out? Oh, yeah. I love those. Oh, my God. Those are the movies that always push the limits. Now he's doing a comedy. Who would have thought that? Well, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm getting my point across wrong that I think for some of those bigger ones, maybe they can't do it. But Because I think they can. I guess my, maybe that's my problem. Is I, I would like to see Tim Burton try to do a serious drama that doesn't involve Johnny Depp mugging for the camera. Um, I would love to see Tarantino do you know, an intimate character drama. Mm-hmm. I'd like um, to see Kevin Smith use more than one camera. Um, he did, in a couple. <laughs> but you have a point, and that's that's part of that, that piece. I mean, he had to use a lot of cameras with little sausages running around. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like the Jurenda joke now, Yoga Hosers. And those crazy German sausages, yeah. they're so wacky. Yeah, no, um, so weird. <laughs> weird is probably the best word for it, yeah. But I think that's, I would love to see more versatility. So, I mean, that, that's a good point. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're doing that, that's great. Uh, so, one of my other favorite directors right now is Joe Lynch. Um, he did one of my all time favorite. Fandom films, Knights Bad Aston. Yeah, that's good. With Peter Dinklage and Steve Zahn and everybody else. After that, he followed it up with a movie called Everly. With, uh, oh, God, what's her name? Do I need to break out the IMDb? Ah, Selma Hayek. There you go. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Actually, actually, that being in such a rhythmic thing, you might actually break out in song and dance. or like, You might bust out a thong song. You never know. You have to pay for it if you say any more than that. Though. <laughs> when I'm watching any films. When the baby, uh, uh, I can't remember all that. Of course, actually, if he's living in Minnesota, I don't think he's really concerned with royalties at this point. <laughs> no, I'd say the thong song took good yeah, care of him for fun. generations to come. And good for him. That's great that it made so much money. Well, I mean, okay, so... Kind of go, do kind of running off of what you <laughs> just said. An indie filmmaker can bust out one flick and be set for quite some time, and some maybe have. maybe get picked up by a studio after that. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sure, I'm sure it happens all the time. I'm just saying, like in the, in based on the, this whole thong song thing, <laughs> you know that somebody making a a one hit wonder type of movie. If you would have told me six years ago, I'd be sitting on my couch having a conversation about how the thong song relates to that brilliance of film. I just slapped you in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we are. Friendship's over. Hey, <laughs> sorry, Josh. Hey, you I bring just, something from 2003. Strange things I just never thought I'd... Places that you go in life, just a, just a moment of zen there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, don't, I don't some, know what the end of my point was, but... Well, well, some, some directors get picked up, but a lot of these indie directors don't. A lot of these guys work second or third jobs along with directing. Uh, the guy that did one of my favorite ghost stories, We Are Still Here, is head of, or works at a PR agency. So, I mean, a lot of these guys actually are like us. Everyday Joes that go out, make our money, we can get a weekend off, go shoot a movie. Or a couple weeks off. Well, and I think that goes back to, 
your point about storytelling because that is worth and, and what you brought up too with Transformers. There's no story. You're, just, you're doing a bunch of shit now. Like, oh, cool. Now we're going to go to medieval times. Check it out. Transformers through the ages. Um, and that's a problem because the bottom line is, I mean, obviously, yeah, if you want to go make the quick buck, then go make a studio flick and you're going to make your union minimums and you're going to do your thing and then there you go. But you can feel the labor of love that comes with the indies anymore. Mm-hmm. Ones that I'm seeing anyways. Like, there is a, there's a certain charm when someone gives a shit about the story. Um, and and they, they need to. And that's, like I said, those character studies. Like, you know, there are there are movies, there are studios that are trying to make those those tighter films. But even then, there's like a, like, what was the one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and he had cancer? 50-50. 50-50. That attempted to have, that attempted to be a character study. And at first glance, I enjoyed it. But as I watched it again later, it didn't hold up as well as I'd hoped to. Now, granted, his performance is fine. He does a good job. The acting is good in it. But it's those story pieces. There's a lot of those little moments where it's like, now we're going to drop this in here as a little twist. Now we're going to do this. And it's that formulaic screenwriting that goes with it. And it becomes a mini-field stuff. And that's why it works at first glance. Because you're like, oh, man, that took me on a ride. Yeah, because it was designed to do so. But that it, that makes it passionless upon further viewing. That's not one I want to sit down and watch multiple times. But there are movies that are independent, do such a good job with emotion, do such a good job with story. Like Shop Girl, for example. With uh, Steve Martin, it's an older one, mm-hmm. but it's a it's it's a, it's a modern day romance piece where everybody is basically not good at romance, which is about as real life as it gets. But it's such a good character study of everybody that's involved. I'll watch that if that's on Indieplex, or if I just pull it off the shelf, I'll watch that bad boy because there's something in there that's different and new, mm-hmm. and it isn't just this formulaic bullshit. Well, and one of the ones I recommended for you, it stains the it stains the sands red. Oh yeah. That's a gem. A three-person zombie movie. One zombie, one woman, one friend, or four-person, because the boyfriend got eaten. Yes. Four-person zombie movie. Hour and a half. And it's mainly two people. The Hour and a half. Time. And more character growth. And, yeah. Um, then you'll find it in your budget horror film. Guaranteed. It's ridiculous how good they people can make these movies. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's a great example. I mean, that's that's one that had the opportunity to go big. I mean, and and, and that's that's like with the zombie genre. That's like the the idea is that you got to go big now because The Walking Dead has made it big, even though that it's more intimate than people give it credit. Mm-hmm. But now you now, now the idea is that you got to have the super apocalypse. You got to have all these things, and they had an opportunity to do it, but then they took it right down to intimacy, mm-hmm. just like that. Yeah, I'd like to see a movie about Bub. <clears throat> yes, Bub needs his own movie. Um, you know, he actually, if you can hunt it down, I don't know if it's still in print, but. An, I think it was Arrow Video, but there was a special release of Day of the Dead for overseas that comes with a comic that gives you his origin. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And that's that's probably the closest we're going to get. Probably. I, I'm sure because the actor's probably not even around anymore. Oh, no. Howard Sherman's still kicking. He's, oh, yeah. he's doing fine. He shows up at cons from time to time. He's, he just keeps a pretty low profile. Does he show up as Bub? Um... Actually, I think he has not a couple. I think he went to the makeup a that couple would be times. Amazing. That's like the new thing at cons right now is for someone to go into their makeup again. You know, when we were at Walker Stalker a couple years ago, we were. Um, I, I'm not, and I, I can't, I can't confidently deny that the dude that was dressed up as Freddy Krueger wasn't, in fact, Freddy Krueger. Well, you, you can because he was at his booth. Robert Engel was there signing. Oh, oh, he was. But that was just a damn good makeup from that guy because that was really oh, <laughs> like speaking okay. a great cosplay dude. That was. Because I, 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 I was sitting there with my lens zooming in on his face, you know, candidly, so I could just yeah. kind of get a better look at it. I was like, got a couple shots of two, actually. Yeah. That's really good. No, but Bob, it was about, Robert Englund was at his booth, like, nonstop. Like, that line yeah. was ridiculous. Uh, I forgot he was even there. Robert Englund. Yeah. All right, well, never mind. No, but don't get me wrong. He had, but speaking of that, 
he's retired from doing the makeup now. Um, and he's, he did a final tour, and he had various greats of, of horror. Like, I think Savini did one for him. I'd be wrong on that, but I know for sure um, a lot of the guys from KMB helped with this piece. They were doing custom pieces for him, and then he would wear them, do photo ops with it. Mm-hmm. And that's just cool, because I, I, that thing's like 36 pieces of foam latex and hours of work, so kudos to Robert like for being Myra. nice. Um, yeah, that was... I was 36 pieces of plastic. That was mean. <laughs> wow. Oh, you know what? For all these flavors, you chose to be salty about a lot uh, You know, for being 67, 66, 67 years old, Cassandra Peterson? Yes. She still looks really good. She's aged really well. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and still rocks Elvira. I think she's also on our farewell tour of Elvira now. I, I think she's going to do the, do the so. character she, and costume. Because she... Uh, her and Stan Lee had the L.A. Comic Con. They were the two main uh, sponsors of it. It was it was Elvira and Stan Lee's L.A. Comic Con, and yeah. Elvira has stepped away from it entirely now. And it's, the whole show has been renamed. But uh, all I want at this point is for England to resurrect the character one last time. I'm gonna say it out loud for Ilphonic to hear. Would you guys do a Friday Thirteenth the game? Since Kane Hodder plays Jason in the game, <laughs> give me a damn Freddy game. Let England voice it, and that'll be amazing. I mean, that's not putting on the makeup. That's exactly. I mean, because all Kane Hodder had to do was mocap, but and I don't need even need him to do all the stunts and that kind of thing because he's gonna set himself. Like if he does it stunt wise, it's gonna hurt. Have someone else do the stunts. I don't care how you do it. Just get the voice. have him be there so they know how to do the things right. But for the love of God, give us an in-world game like that where you can just do all kinds of crazy things in the dream world. That would be oh, that would be easy to fight, Jason. Uh, then that, then you could actually, yeah, because they both yeah. get the, <laughs> they both get that piece together, then they both could do it, and that would be even better. Not not an indie film either, but originally, I wouldn't those both start off as indie films. Yeah, I mean for sure, more so Elm Street because that, that, that created a studio. Because um, New Line Cinema was given birth because of that. And then New Line went and did. Speaking of another great, you know, engine, those guys put out a lot of incredible stuff over the years. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure Final Destination was a new line piece. If memory serves me right, that's another one that launched another great franchise for horror. And, and yeah, I mean we can count Friday Thirteenth as any because that budget was the well, first one was nothing, but it made sixty million dollars in its opening opening run. And then had enough mo- mo- money to get Corey Feldman in um, <laughs> for two of the movies. Yes, yeah, four and five. You know they couldn't revise it past that point, but yeah. And even then, yeah, he started to dress up like Michael Jackson. I think Corey has a lot of things he needs to resolve. Making that some sure. indie films as well, I think he did. Um, yeah, he did a he's done a bunch of indie stuff over the years. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. I mean, it was it really it was that big wave of his Goonies and and actually Friday the Thirteenth and a lot of that early stuff. Was Stand like, by me. Was it like um, what the hell is it? Is oh, I can't think of what the movie's called. It's got sun. They wear sunglasses and it does something to them. They live. I wish. <laughs> I wish. Because that's not. There's, uh, there's yeah, another great name on battle. I don't. I don't, I don't remember what the movie's called. <clears throat> Moving on. What okay. happens in it? Yeah. Give us a description. They, they gotta more. Him and Haim, because you know it had to be the, the Corys. The Corys, man. Yeah. The Corys. They, you know, these sunglasses. I can't remember what the sunglasses do. They either transport them in time or time glasses. The movie. I don't remember because it. <laughs> There was the one it. where Corey Feldman was the old man. Hang on, now I gotta, I gotta pull up the yeah, other it, it was like Trading Spaces, but it was with Corey Feldman. Oh, God. Hang on, we're pulling up, we're pulling up the master <laughs> list here. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, 
I'm not very good at this, this what, game. What, we're talking <laughs> 80s, right? 90s, early 90s. Okay, we're going to go back a ways. Let's see here. Do the, do the thing or something? or Hang on, we're in the 90s now. Getting closer. He was on Bordello of Blood. I remember him that. Yeah, he was the brother. Son of a gun. Do the thing you do. Do, uh, do the right see. thing. Spike Lee joints. Spike Lee <laughs> Are all Spike Lee joints Spike Lee joints? I think so. Okay. Except for the Capital One commercials that they're doing. Oh, those aren't Spike Lee those joints. Was it Dream a Little Dream? That's it. That's the one. Dream a Little Dream. Dream. 89. An accident puts the consciousness of an elderly dream researcher into the body of a bratty teenager. The problem? The kid prefers dream world limbo to real life. Yeah. That's about as 80s as a description as you're going to yeah. get. Sounds right. But I don't think was... Oh, he was, yeah. Corey Hamer was Dinger. Something like that. There was another one where, where he switched bodies. Dude, this had quite the cast, though, too. Jason Robards is in it. Harry Dean Stanton, because that's the man right there. Huh. Isn't, isn't that... I don't remember this one at all. The comedian? But then again, I really didn't... If they weren't doing something like Lost Boys, I really wasn't interested because Lost Boys. Sure, sure. <laughs> Cry Little Sister. I, I, I got. I have no other indie films that are popping in my head right now. <laughs> well, the important thing though is that obviously they've offered a very rich, rich, rich experience for all of us, mm-hmm. and they seem to continue to, which is a good thing too. Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, anytime something—that's the whole thing. I think. For me, when I when I think of indie, I think new and fresh. Yeah, that's fair. Or or rehashing of something, but done right. Yeah, that's uh, well something with an actual narrative. Yeah, that goes along with the story. Or a, a trombone film. That well, some of those ones do too. Wrong, I mean, some of them have loose. Toxie's the man. Pretty damn loose stories, but you know they're fun. I mean, uh, what was it? Wrestlers versus zombies. Yep, that's one that yeah, you were. That was you're... about Rowdy Piper falling in love. Oh, I would love to see and, and kick it from zombies. zombies. Yeah, trauma. There you go. I, I'll, have to, I'll have to check that one out. <laughs> and obviously, Josh needs to rewatch. They live because I, I just watched that recently. Good, good laugh. <laughs> Such a good story. It really is actually that. It's, it is. It is pretty fun. It's a. Fun that's story. those one-liners, man. Chew kick-ass, chew bubblegum was one of the best. In well, years. sure. Yeah, I mean, those are great, but I mean, it's just like it's just a fun movie. It is. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, if you're going to have Bad Movie Sunday, which I think it needs to be more of a thing. Agreed. Uh, uh, but that should be yeah. in your, your repertoire of Bad Movie Sunday movies. And yeah. Chopping Mall. Oh, Chopping Mall. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of a great indie right there. <laughs> Thanks, Killing. Robert. Thanks, Killing. Um, God, that cracked me up. <laughs> There's nothing I should have liked about that film, but I came away with a smile on my face, so I don't care. I mean, that's, but that's the thing. It, like you said, new and fresh. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The Turkey King to fight. Oh, I thought you were just going to leave it at that. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's not. What are you? Uh, we're, we're, that's a different indie movie. <laughs> and I don't want to know what movie that is. <laughs> but Rule Thirty Four, you thought of that on the internet. Someone has made it. So that's what that'd be. And that's how you close out an episode. That's kind of how the, 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 this uh, this gets closed. Yep, leave it up on a couple of turkeys. But I guess before we go then. If you had an independent film to recommend to anybody, what would it be? What would yours be, Josh? Oh, God, I don't know. Um, rubber. Rubber? Why? Yeah, rubber. Uh, just, just because it was different. It was weird. You have to watch it a couple times to really, I think, appreciate it. But just something, it's, it's weird enough that it's intriguing. Yeah. Not wrong with that. I mean, you piss off a tire and it makes you explode. Like, I mean, if, if, 
Come on. That's awesome, man. It's <laughs> awesome. If you can make a movie in the late 70s, early 80s about cars murdering people, driverless cars mur- murdering people, why can't we have a movie about a murderous tire? Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Maximum Overdrive. We made you. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would be my pick, I think. Rubber. Okay, rubber for you. For you. God, there's too many. I can't choose just one. Top one in your mind right now. Uh, I don't know. They haven't made that one yet. Yeah? They haven't made the Raspberry movie yet? The Raspberry, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure they have. Once again, Rule 34, it's probably on the internet. Yeah, already. it already is. True. Um, uh, I've been enjoying Mayhem as of late. That was on Shudder. Yes, right. That was a Shutter exclusive, was <clears> not? Yeah. And actually, you want to talk about a good indie channel that has, that they started off a little rough, but Shutter has redeemed themselves. If you get a chance to go check those guys out, it's a streaming horror service, but they're putting some pretty wicked stuff up there. Yeah. If you want to see Tales from the Dark Side, it's entirety minus like two episodes. Sorry, um, they've got it, and they they're putting out some good stuff. It stains the sands reservoir. Mm-hmm. I watched that Hopefully on Shutter. Do better than Sisu did. Hopefully. Yeah, because some, some come and go. Sorry, too soon, apparently. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, well, yeah, well, no, you're right wrong, because I remember seeing, like, I watch Cyanide and Happiness on YouTube all the time, and that was when they were all a sponsor with, and now they're on Verve, because, yeah. So, yes, you got to do right, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But Mayhem, for you. Mayhem. Well, and why exactly? What's making Mayhem so awesome? Uh, just the good social commentary that takes place in the movie. And working in an office for 14 years of my life, I feel all the pain. That's very fair, actually. <laughs> and if I had to do one to close it out, um, I'm going to stick with Chopping Mall because you know what? That thing is a goddamn gem. Um, if you <laughs> haven't seen it, folks, first off, there is a movie mumble on the Nerds Geek Podcast channel. We actually watched it and broke it down heavily in a huge epic podcast for that. So if you want some more information on it, go listen to that episode of Movie Mumble. Um, second to that, I mean, how can you go wrong with horny teenagers in a mall getting killed by killer robots? We're all like 35 plus, man. You can't say that. You totally can, because that's, totally, that's, that's what these movies were. What happened Friday the 13th? What, were they playing Parcheesi? No, they were playing Hide the Sausage. Come on, dude. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just trying to that protect is, us. That is, if it was an 80s movie, and, they, and then there were teenagers trapped in a particular place, they were right in the, the Bonarosti coaster. That's all there is to it, man. That's, that's just it. That's 80s in a nutshell, man. I'm sorry. See, I always... I always Equated the '80s to the wacky wall walker you used to get in the Frosted Flakes. Yeah, because my so the analogy is every stoned cocaine-ridden executive that was out there in movie and TV land, toy land for that matter, any idea they came up with, they threw it at the wall. If it stuck, they made it. Mm-hmm. That's how we got the Snorks. Yeah, let's and put the Smurfs underwater <laughs> or pound puppies. Yeah, um, puppies were cute, man. They were cute, actually. They probably also looked like the Beanie Babies. Those weren't cute. And the Garbage Bell Kids. Oh, those mm-hmm. of them. That's... Then, they, then they made the movie. Oh. Which was an indie flick. <laughs> we don't talk about that, though. Now, if there's one to not watch, <laughs> it's the Garbage Bell <laughs> Kids, because that was garbage. is a honking pile of garbage. That yeah, thing is just There's There's definitely awful. something that uh, is to be said about people taking pop culture items and trying to turn them into movies. Well, that was, that was the 80s in a nutshell. The Care Bears movie... Transformers movie, if they but again, those movie. were all there to, to sell a product. Yeah, I'm really not sure what they were trying to. If you were buying Garbage Pail Kids, you weren't going to stop. If you were buying Garbage Pail Kids, you didn't need advertisement. You already knew about them. Yeah, exactly. It's, you knew I, when the next series was coming out. You did. It's true. You can go through your stack of cards and go need it, need it, got it, got it, got it, need it, got it, need it. Because yeah. you knew. Yep. 
or I, I guess I should say, go through somebody else's stack of cards. That's also one of those movies that, like, when I saw it at first, I was like, all right, that's pretty cool. And then I found it was on DVD later, and then I regretted the $10 in spending upon that disc. Oh, I'm sorry. In fact, actually, I gifted it to someone else, and they're like, oh, I'm going to give it back to him. Like, uh, you can keep it. <laughs> it's cool. And they did, oddly enough. So thank you, Shane, for keeping that thing. Hopefully, you <laughs> pass it along because it's kind of like the curse of the bad movie. So I feel like that's going to be like, it follows. Is if, I, if someone stops passing that movie along, there's going to be a monster that comes and kills me. Um, because that's how bad that movie was. It's cursed. Well, yeah. Well, okay then. I, I've got nothing else for you. <laughs> I'm not sure what's worse, Twilight or the Garbage Pill Kids movie. It's a really even tie. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. I think you're still kind of insulting Garbage Pill Kids a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think you are. You've seen the movie, right? Take it back. Oh, I have. have. Okay. Yeah. Well, have you seen it recently? I, I think I've Have still you seen the Twilight movies? I would rather watch Garbage Pill than... 30 seconds of any... Yeah, well, I had to sit the two hours of Twilight because I was dating some time. I was like, we got to go see Twilight. And being the idiot that I was, sure, that sounds like fun. It was not fun. No. Yeah. <laughs> and as the saying goes, it was in that moment that I realized that I fucked up. Because... It wow, was in that, that moment was... when I realized I need to break up with this girl. You did, <laughs> thank God. But, um, yeah. Maybe sooner. That probably should have been the red flag <laughs> of all the red flags. They really liked Twilight. She owned the books. I don't understand. Yeah. Mm. Anywho, anywho, yeah. Well, then again, a lot of people do too, so that's okay. But. Do, you, do you guys plug yourselves? That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of came out of blue. All right. <laughs> um, not normally. As okay. in, like, what Twitter handles or Twitter handles? We can like that's what you should do. Practice, that's, that's that's because people want to know a host of their shows. Oh, okay. that's fair. Well, John, since you you announce and you talk all the time. Would you like to tell people where they can follow you on no, social media? No, not for now. I talk too much, so I want to talk more. I'm done. Well, no, you have to talk. No. Okay, well, if you want to follow John, you're going to go on to Twitter, and it's probably at John Betancourt01 or something crazy like that. It's not, but... Okay, well, well you know, I'm, I'm trying! What else do you want from me? Well, I just got told that I talked too much. Yeah, so just, shut the fuck up. <laughs> there we go. That's the first time I have sworn on a podcast. Actually, oh. is that really? Yes. Years. Memorable moment. Where right are now. the balloons and confetti? Yeah. yeah. They're supposed Dude. to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, but no, you can find me at uh, John E. Betancourt. J-O-H-N-E, and then my last name, B-E-T-A-N-C-O-U-R-T. It's a doozy, but I like it. You're kind of yeah. stuck with it, too. Yeah. So. And also, yeah, at this point, yeah, I'm stuck with it, so. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow me, uh, I'm at Scotty Shortness on Twitter. Pretty easy. I talk about movies easy. on there. He does. You it's are true. the B-movie baron. Not that. And in art horror. And art horror. Excuse me. Excuse me. I know. If you are interested in following all the things that I do, you can find me at 303 underscore ninja, which is not as easy as, you know, Scotty Shortness. It does, it does have a nice ring to it. Kudos right. to you. You know, I've had that for years. I know. I just, you know, that, that was back old Chicago days, man. That was even before the I site. Just, I don't even think Twitter around for that. Twitter was not around when I was first called the Shortness. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah. as, mm-hmm. you know, as well for myself. I've always been called the ninja. So, there you go. <laughs> Find everything that we do on the internets. Yes. And obviously you can follow us at Nerds That Geek on Twitter and Facebook and now Instagram too because that's the thing we're doing. Um, I just don't understand Instagram. That's my fault for that. So, nothing wrong with it. But... Hey, lots of pictures. Exactly. Yeah, lots of pictures in that Absolutely. particular portion of it. And obviously you can follow this particular podcast on iTunes. Just search Nerds That Geek you know, to enjoy more episodes of Nerds That Speak. And also We Mumble, our other podcast that is hosted where they just talk about movies that uh, 
movies that excite. Simple as that. So, on that note, uh, now this one's gone off the rails sufficiently well, and we've had to go some good time. <laughs> we'll be back next month with another episode of Heavens Knows What. Might be gaming, might be horror. Possibility endless, but anyway, keep on geeking on them. We'll see you guys next time.